Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea, on assignment. Sorry, I faked y'all out. But we got mm. Joey D's running the board. Hey. Hi, Joe. I'm not fake. Nope. On today's show, we will talk gaming, both board games and video games, things that I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, also, if you got some money uh, maybe burning a hole in your pocket, well, I found some very expensive, nerdy things that you may really enjoy. Something along the lines of the MCU universe that you might want to check out. Uh, and, of course, we'll get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Give our blogs, podcast, and more. More. Uh, or just search up BJJ's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us! Exactly. And on Monday's episode, I talked about a fun portable game called Drinking Quest. You should go back and listen to my interview with Jason Anarchy about this. He's got he's got a Kickstarter that's still going on and uh, definitely worth picking up. Jason's been doing Kickstarters for 10 years now. Very, very much a reliable person when it comes down to it. I've backed multiple things of his, and I've always had a great experience with all of that. Not just Drinking Quest, but stuff like Haiku Warrior, Pretending to Grown Up. A lot of different fun portable games. Now, I think something along the lines of maybe four to five years ago, uh, I was at the Evergreen Tabletop Expo, which was a local uh, video game or not board game mm-hmm. convention that happened around here. And hopefully that's one will come back. Uh, don't necessarily know at this point because obviously last year with the pandemic, all conventions went the way of uh, either online or just not at all. And ETX went not at all because it's kind of hard to board game online. Uh, unless you've got, you know, tabletop, you know, you, you got the tabletop simulators and all that sort of stuff, but that's not where we're here, not here or there. But what happened there, there was a couple of games there that I checked out and I thought were amazing. One of those was running a Kickstarter at the time and unfortunately kind of disappeared. Sometimes Kickstarters, you back them and then nothing happens. And you're like, well, what the hell happened? Don't even know what happened to it. And that's what happened with a game called Yukon Salon. And it was an amazingly fun game. And basically what happens with this game is you take your seat at the frontier of style. So think about lumberjacks and bears. And with bears, you can't really style their hair. But what if you gave a bear a beehive? Hmm. What? Yes. And you actually gave them, and it's almost like if you gave them a wig, you know, or a nice little do, maybe like a little pompadour on your bear. And then, well, what about with lumberjacks? Well, usually they're wearing beanies or something Mm -hmm. like that, so you can't do their hair, but you can style their beard. I dig this. Yes. Now I'm seeing why Rev likes it. Exactly. So you've got bears or lumberjacks, and you are a stylist in the Yukon uh, trying to make some money. And uh, either the bear's your clients or the lumberjack's your clients. And depending on how that goes is how you play the game. Uh, You have your clients and you put a hairstyle on the top of the head of the bear or on the bottom of the chin of the lumberjack. Roll dice, you score points, and it's one of those games that it sounds silly because it is, but it also plays fast. Uh, And I was really excited for this. Backed it immediately and then it disappeared. 
Well, Atlas Games actually came to the rescue when it came to that. I think they love the game just as much as everyone else, how easy it is, how portable it is, much like what Drinking Quest did. It's a card game with dice, and, like, that's it. You can It literally comes in a little metal tin that you can carry along with you. The only <laughs> game that I think would be more portable with this would be, like, Dice of Crowns from uh, Sean and Thing 12 Games. So <laughs> it's a little bit bigger than that, but beyond that, Super portable and super fun. Uh, bears have hair, lumberjacks have beards, and they both need your hairdressing help. You can match each style in your repertoire to just the right client, making outrageous claims as necessary to keep them from walking out. Any style be- can become a hairdo or a beer beard, <laughs> and then you roll your custom wooden dice to style your clients. Um, it's a fun game, and it only takes about 10 to 15 minutes to play, which is really, really, I mean... Even if it's a, one of those ones where maybe the dice don't go your way, you can come back and play another round and have a lot of fun with it. Now, I would think you'd want to style a bear if you're trying to make money because they got a lot more hair. Well, I don't know uh, if uh, bears really have a lot more money. Oh, that's true. I guess bears yeah. don't make money. Yeah. Bears but they have honey and picnic baskets, right? Yeah. And maybe they won't <laughs> eat you. Ooh. So you like, bribe the bear. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so in order to play this game, to set up, you shuffle the clients and then you make a deck of clients based on the number of players and then shuffle the styles and deal out styles to players based on the number of players in the player position. The first player will have the fewest styles, for instance, and then you draw four clients from the deck and place them face up in the center of the table. And that's called the lobby. You know, because it makes sense. They're waiting around for them to get their hairstyle. And then on your turn, you can take two actions, and you can repeat the same action if desired. You can draw a style card. You can seat a client, or you can style a client. And then from there, you can draw a style card, which is just exactly what it says. Seating a client just takes the client from your lobby, and you place it in front of you. And then at the start of the game, you only have one seat, so you can only seat one client at a time. But some cards may increase your seat capacity. So you're playing it as it goes, and then you will style a client by playing any style card from your hand and uh, onto your seated client. Um, hairdos for beard uh, for bears and beards for lumberjacks. <laughs> and when placed, the numbers on the client and the style card will line up. You must roll the dice to see if the client approves of this style. Your roll must e- be equal to or higher than the sum of the two cards. If your roll succeeds, the client approves and is satisfied, and then you move them to the side and then activate their bonus abilities. Each client in each style has a bonus ability, and some are marked one to indicate that it's immediate one-time bonus, and some are marked as an infinite sign to indicate that they are an ongoing permanent ability. If your roll fails, you'll have to discard the style but keep the client. However, before you discard a style, you do get some opportunities to convince the client. You may discard any number of style cards from your hand to increase your roll by one for each discarded card. So it's not just a roll one and done because that that would actually piss me off, just knowing probabilities when it comes <laughs> down to six-sided die. So that helps a lot. Plus, you may also get one reroll per style attempt by taking your client into it. You must give them one claim per client value, and you must make claims that haven't been used before during the game. And as the rule explains, yes, this means you need to talk to the card on the table in front of you as if you were to convince it to wear a ridiculous hairstyle. So hmm. literally, it's like, no, you're going to love it. All of the... like. The, like with the bear, it's like all the bees are gonna love your beehive hairdo, and you're gonna get more honey. 
you guys can use that one if you want there. Oh, it there should go. work on your table, and then you can be able to get that re-roll. When the last client of the deck has been seated, that player finishes their turn, and then every other player gets one more turn, and then the game ends. You score only for styled clients. Each one is worth the value of the client and the style. Some card abilities will give you bonus points, too. Ties are broken by most clients, and then by the highest-valued client-style combo. The picture's out there, and you can go, and if you go to Atlas Games, uh, atlas-games.com, you can find it. It's got a list of all of their other games with that. Um, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, super quick to play, and it's adorable. Like, seeing, mm. seeing like, hairstyles on bears is one of the, the silliest things I've ever seen. And as a person <laughs> with a kind of a strange beard right now, because I shaved it uh, back in November. Event. Yeah. I uh, Now I have kind of, like, the uh, sideburns turned into the mustache, sort of, like, pork chop ridiculousness going on. Is that what they're called? Pork chops, mutton chops? Yeah, mutton chops, pork chops. I, I mean, like it. Maybe I'm just a little hungry when it comes down to it. Maybe. Uh, but it's fun to uh, play with all the different weird styles <laughs> for the Lumberjacks. Uh, it's a worthwhile game. I'm glad that uh, Atlas Games came to the rescue uh, to make this game and put it out there for everyone. And <laughs> they've been amazingly transparent with the whole process and just being like, hey, Shipping this year has been weird, so you guys are going to get it eventually, and it'll be a lot sooner than uh, if we wouldn't have gotten in on it. So That is very true. Absolutely check that out. Some other stuff that I thought was really fun in the world of video games is... Now, Joe, I know you're a fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Get Teenage Mutant. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you ever play the arcade game where it would be like four players and he altered all the turtles? <gasps> turtles in Time? Turtles in Time was one of them, I yes. I that one. And I think there was another one. There might have been a couple of them. Well, it looks like they have released uh, well, they're going to be releasing a new one, which is going to be that brand new old school beat 'em up stuff like Streets of Rage, Final Fight, Double Dragon, the Simpsons game, which is essentially the same thing as the Turtles game was, just with the Simpsons skin on it. It's coming back with Shredder's Revenge. Dun dun dun. Now this will be coming to PCs and consoles. Uh, the date as of now, we don't know for sure yet, but it's going to be doing the exact same thing as that old school game was going to be happening. Uh, we don't have a lot of information when it comes down to it, but uh, we there is the uh, classic cartoon theme song is going to be on there, sung by Mike Patton, so you'll be able to get that. Between this and then Scott Pilgrim, the video game, which now I'm going to have to pick up with another controller uh, so I can play some uh, two-player action at home. These are those fun side-scroller beat-em-ups that you don't have to put a lot of thought into. You can have a lot of fun. And much like Yukon Salon, if, you, if you're not having a good time, you can stop. You can play it again later. The thing I loved about, if, if you guys scroll back on our Facebook page, you will see I uh, posted the little trailer they did for the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because it felt updated, but it felt like I was watching a, a commercial or something from the 90s. Oh, like, yeah. Like, they did such a good job. Like, it, it still looked, you had that nostalgia look without it looking too cheesy. Like, you know when they try to, like, update things to be cool and it just looks weird? <laughs> yeah. They did a really good job balancing it out, and I was obsessed. It's so cute. Every time I think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think of pizza. So now I'm getting a little hungry. Oh, oh pizza. We need that pizza. But I'm totally down to play this new game. 
Yeah, it looks so much fun. And it's just the old beat-em-ups. Like, you're just going, and it's it's not an endless thing, but it was literally the games that were designed to eat your quarters. And so when you can just play it at home and just hit the continue over and over and over and over and over again, it makes it a lot a lot easier to beat the damn game. What turtle are you going with, Brev? Oh, see, when I was young and I would run around with my cousins and we would play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in real life, I would always go with Donatello. So in the old school game, I would do that too because he had the bow staff. Oh, nice. Which actually meant he had a longer reach. So things couldn't hit you as easily. Less quarters getting eaten. Exactly. I might go with Donatello because he is my favorite. I always went with Raphael because he had those two cool, like, what do you even call those Oh, things? the size? The size. Yeah, the yeah. pointy stick See, things. That's me, too. I love the twin size. <laughs> really? Like, I think maybe Electra helped a lot with that uh, obsession. Oh, but yeah. I've always thought they were so cool looking. And, I, I, like, everybody else I know would always fight over Michelangelo. Because, I mean, he mm-hmm. was the cool, fun-loving turtle. But I always felt like nunchucks, to be perfectly honest... I always felt that I'd smack myself. I've seen many a video watching someone smack themselves in the nuts with their uh, nunchucks. So I was always like, no, I'm not going to do well with those. And it's a lot harder to get nunchucks when you're running around with your cousins as opposed to getting a broomstick and just smacking people with it and pretending you're Donatello. I got mine taken away many times. You had nunchucks? I had the foam black nunchucks, yeah, (laughs) and I hit my sister with them a couple times and... uh, well, that didn't go too well. Oh, yeah. You playing uh, You playing the Ninja Turtles there, or are you just uh, being really uh, kind of mean? I was playing the Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, really. Well, if uh, video games aren't necessarily your thing, it is comic book day, and I found some interesting things if you've got a... Uh, a lot of extra money when it comes down to uh, getting collectibles. Uh, I know that when Hasbro put out the Marvel Legends versions of certain things, uh, we at the house, the uh, wife and I, I got the Thanos gauntlet. I got the Tony Stark gauntlet uh, from the you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The wife uh, got the Captain America shield, <laughs> and all of those are about a hundred to one hundred and fifty bucks a pop. Not inexpensive and definitely one of those things that I don't play with uh, that much because I'm like, they're a collector's item, even though I took them out of the box and I still do play with them every once in a while. But there's a couple of things I found that um, go beyond that in price but are absolutely 100% badass. Found this on Nerdist and somebody made a, a an amazing Deadpool metal sculpture. And Vicky, I don't know if you've seen this, but (laughs) it is a full metal sculpture. Oh, my goodness. And this is thanks to Geeks Are Sexy because they posted on there. Etsy seller Metal Art Productions created a life-size metal sculpture of Wade Wilson. Well, perfect to display in your home or maybe put it in your backyard where we see a lot of pictures of it from right now. (laughs) They just didn't scare all those pesky raccoons away. (laughs) Probably not Rocket, but you never know. Uh, This one will only set you back a mere $10,145.03. Ah, yeah. So you're saying a lot of excess money then. (laughs) A lot, yeah. Like these these are for the people who maybe won the lotto. 
Got it. You know, it's going to be one of those things where it's very pricey, very expensive, but it looks so badass. Hey, excuse me. I'll go win the lottery right now then. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, metal art production artists handcraft each unique piece they create, as is the case with this Deadpool piece. Um, only parts that are recycled are used, so that's super cool. And each piece undergoes hours of designs and meticulous planning. Once the design is ready, the welding process starts. This can take anywhere from hours uh, and even going on to months all depending on the size and this is a life-size metal deadpool so it took them a long time which constitutes the reason why you would have a ten thousand dollar price working with metal and art which i've noticed especially with like steampunk doing like brass things are always super expensive and i mean hell even even leather stuff that i've bought has always commanded a higher price when it comes down to it so it makes sense when it uh when you get really kind of to the nuts and bolts of it all Aside from Deadpool, Metal Art Productions has some other marvelous, <laughs> marvelous life-size sculptures, including an Iron Man. I mean, what? I mean, yeah, right. And Why not? I, yeah, it's an Iron Man made from recycled metal sculptured pieces. Can so, you, can you get in it? Uh, uh, well, it is gigantic. It is massively huge, and I don't necessarily think you could get into it. But it stands at something like it look. It's literally touching the ceiling, right next to looks like a bumblebee statue, like oh. from from uh, Transformers. Transformers. Uh, it looks like it's about ten feet tall. So Damn. if you got it, it's more along the lines of maybe riding it as opposed to uh, actually getting into it. But there's a ton of things out there. Um, just look up Metal Art Productions on Etsy, and you can find all of that. I wish I was talented like that. <laughs> well, I mean, you make some really cool art. Like, I've loved the photo frames that you've done, mm-hmm. and you've done some other really cool things. And i got to get back on that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you've done some fun stuff, so don't discount yourself. Now, maybe a life-size Deadpool isn't your jam. Maybe you want a replica of Stormbreaker. Always. Okay, okay. Yeah. So uh the God of Thunder not is is only is not only known for Mjolnir, but of course Stormbreaker. And now you can have an authentic replica of your very own. It is screen accurate right down to the Groot created handle. <laughs> I mean not actual Groot, but tree. Aww. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh and it uh the authentic replica comes from another Etsy shop called Funnacy Design. And again, thanks to Geeks Are Sexy for this one. Uh this one is not worth ten thousand dollars, uh, but it's still eleven hundred dollars. That's not bad. No. And it's a little... Oh, sorry. Okay, I got really distracted because they have some amazing things in here as well. I'm guessing Gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So looking at all of these, and I just I looked up their site. It's Funacy, F-U-N-A-N-C-Y, Design, in uh, on Etsy. They have some arc reactors from the Iron Man. You know the Iron Man chest piece that goes in there. Mm-hmm. They have a metal infinity gauntlet that a a person is wearing. I don't know how much of it moves. Um but it is only $300. I'm sure your cats Frank and Carl will love another infinity gauntlet. Dude, I only have, you know, one two, I have a lot of Infinity Gauntlets. Uh, this is one that you can wear, though. This is one that you can wear. And if that thing moved, I would lose my absolute mind. Are you mind. watching the video? Let's see. I'm watching the video. No, they, the video is showing them putting in, oh, my God. Oh, the, It's got to move. The stones are magnetic, so they come in and out. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm guessing they, like, go. 
Oh, so maybe it doesn't like maybe the the fingers aren't articulated, but this thing is so badass. Uh, well, I know what I want for Christmas or my birthday or right now or right now. Exactly. So they've got plenty of different things on that, including an Iron Man helmet, a Captain America broken shield, actually a bunch of different Iron Man hel- helmets. There are so many and it's all MCU props. And the oh nope there we go we got Thor's hammer but we got Aquaman's trident as well it's is just that movie trident or is that that looks like movie trident I'll take one Loki staff please yeah uh, I'm saving this for later sorry guys I'm getting very distracted but uh, <laughs> yes that's something you guys will need to check out when it comes down to it very excited for all of that and uh, well I mean. Birthday, my birthday's in May, guys, so if... Uh, May the 4th be with your bank account. Yo, oh, dude. Yeah, right. Thank you, Stimulus Check. You're going to be used for dumb props <laughs> <laughs> instead of other things that I really actually need. Well, let's get to the other thing we actually need, which is... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? So I had this thought the other day as I had Harley Quinn once again playing the animated series in the background while doing my chores... And I realized they always send these people to Arkham. Yeah, it's yeah, It's constantly yeah. just sending them to Arkham mm-hmm. as like their form of punishment or jail or whatever. Quote unquote rehabilitation. Yeah, but they always <laughs> escape. Always, always, always. At least yeah. in like the Avengers world, they put them in that weird underground whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, At yeah. At least that's harder to break through, right? Break out of or go into to break people out. Well, and I mean, even DC has like, what is it? Like the negative zone or something along those lines. Like mm-hmm. for, I guess, maybe Phantom the more. Phantom zone? Yeah, the Phantom zone. Thank you for like the more cosmically powered guys. Right. Like, you know, General Zod and stuff along mm-hmm. those lines. So, yeah, whenever a Batman villain just ends up in that revolving door of uh, Arkham Asylum, you know that they're going to come out uh, eventually. And there's so many of them in there. It's like the more you put in there, the more likely they are to get out anyway. Yeah, right? Which is funny because, like, if you watch the Harley Quinn show, they do kind of come up with a new type of jail situation when the bad guys run over. Really? And uh, Bane may or may not be the warden. Oh, dear. It is hilarious. Oh, my. And he is <laughs> like, we're having a talent show. Uh, I don't I don't want to have to deal with Bane's talent show when, uh, if he's the judge, like, that doesn't seem like you're going to be doing well if you don't do well. I don't know. He's all about, he's only upset when you don't follow the rules, like making your bed. He wants you to contribute. And he's all about positive thinking. Really? Watch what? Harley Quinn, because Bane all is right. ridiculous. And the creators already said that is the one character they will not kill off. Good. He is phenomenal. But in the everyone show. else is. A, there's a chance that they could potentially kill them off. Mm-hmm. I was expecting some <laughs> broken backs. If you didn't know. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> he, he, he does still kick ass. Don't get me wrong. But he's just like a kinder, gentler Bane. The way they redid the characters, in a sense, like even Poison Ivy. And I'm getting away from my original topic. I don't care. But I'm going <laughs> to talk about this. Poison Ivy, I realized, was always seen as this like very confident and like sexual being, and she also had these toxins to get people to fall in love with her. Totally. But, like, I realized the reason I like her so much in Harley Quinn is, like, yeah, she still uses, like, this love potion-y thing on guys, but she's a little awkward. She's afraid of relationships and commitment, like, talking to dudes, and she's very, like, I don't like talking to people in general. So she's very antisocial, and she's just very much like a plant mom. Like, I just want to be home with my plants, hanging out, glass of wine. She's very much the opposite of what everyone else just kind of assumes her to be. Wow. And so, I mean, like, she does, can, she can get down, but I love that she's different. They, they change it up, but it still makes sense. Yeah. Right on. Anywho, That's cool. <laughs> going back, these are all bad guys. Oh, okay. And uh, what do bad guys do when they get caught? Uh, they escape. 
Okay, before that. Um, they make their bed. No, they go to jail. Oh, they go to jail. Okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. They say something really sinister and allude to coming back in the next episode. You're right. They monologue. Yes. yes. <laughs> after that. <laughs> Before they escape, but after they monologue. Uh, no, but have you ever wondered, like, some of these crimes are huge crimes. Okay. That a lot of villains do. And so I did find this list, and granted, we're going from DC back to Marvel. What sort of jail time do these MCU villains deserve? Oh, so they actually deserve as opposed to maybe what they got. Yeah, because, I mean, they're going to escape anyway, so it's not going to... Not wrong. So the first one they have is the Vulture. Can you guys guess how many years? They, they get, and I will break it down in this a This is from the Spider-Man movie? Yes. Okay. Michael Keaton's character. And he stole a bunch of super weapons from Tony Stark. It was the alien tech. Basically, mm-hmm. they kind of he kind of stumbled upon the alien tech and then was using that as an arms dealer because he was doing stuff with it. Yeah. And he was very wealthy from it. Yeah, yeah. He made off like that. So he so this is what he should have gotten in years? Yes. Okay. Um, at gonna, least, mind you. Okay, well, here's the thing. If, uh, if any crime involves a gun, I believe it's like an automatic 25 years. So I'm just going to say 25 years. Yes and no. Oh, okay. I was going yes. 20. <laughs> 25 years per count in the oh. state of New York. Presumably because he, you know, he would qualify York, yeah. as grand larceny at the least, making him eligible for 25 years per uh, count in the state of New York. Presumably the selling of said alien tech, like the uh, ill-fated incident at Staten Island Ferry, would be treated similarly to transactions involving nuclear materials. Oh, so and net tomes another 20 years. So they're thinking at least 110 years. Whoa, okay, if you're adding all those up, yeah, wow, well, I, I, I was right with at least 25 years. Oh, now right? I know why he needs to break out. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, well, you're going to be here for a century. I don't think you're going to last that long. Time to break out. All right, uh, this, you might not recognize the name, Helmut Zemo. Oh, yeah, Baron Zemo from mm-hmm. Avengers. Yeah. Um, I would have to say crimes against humanity and general terrorism is going to give him something like 50 years. Mm, nope. Uh-oh. Is it... More or less. Wait, wait, wait. Joe, jo, go ahead. Guess first. Mind you, you can pick years or even life sentences for these things. Oh, he's going to have, oh, because of the Sokovia Accords. And basically, that's like his whole fault, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's going to be like, like, a, what's a whole city's worth of uh, of uh, life uh, life sentences at that Let's point? Let's go 4,605 <laughs> years. Okay. So, I mean, that might actually be kind of close because how much is a life sentence, really, if you put it down in years? But... For those who don't remember, you know, he, he, his great act of villainy was splitting up the Avengers. So that part wasn't really going against the law. Yeah, that was um, just breaking people up. Right. But dressed as the Winter Soldier, he bombed a United States U- uh, Nations event or United Nations event. That's right. Resulting in dozens of cal- casualties and an act of internal terrorism that would garner either a life, either life in prison or capital punishment, depending on the court trying him to get. At the incarcerated Bucky Barnes, Zemo took out a U.N. psychiatrist in Berlin in the first degree, no less, meaning life in German prison, and and then impersonated him, which earned him an additional three years. To cap it all off, he traveled to Siberia uh, and executed five additional winter soldiers while they slept in cryogenic stasis, meaning five more counts of murder in the first degree. 
Since these five were committed in Russia, he wouldn't be slain himself, but he would pick up five extra life sentences. So a total of three years Mm -hmm. for the impersonation and at least seven life sentences. Wow. Okay. So, and I don't know what a life sentence is. I thought it was something like maybe like 25 or 40 years. Like they have to put like a sort of thing on that. I thought it was 70. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, what do you consider? uh, 4,000 might have been a little much. A little much, but still kind of uh, on the nose in terms of like, well, this is just going to last forever anyway. Very true. I don't feel like you're probably going to get most of these, so I'm just going to continue. Thank you. Uh, Alexander Pierce, you guys remember him? No. He was uh, the press secretary or the secretary of the World Security Council. He was played by Robert Redford. Oh, the okay. Hydra head. That's mm-hmm. right. So he was also an internal international terrorist, intent on launching and maneuver through protect insight that would have resulted in 20 million targeted casualties. So though the attempt was ultimately unsuccessful, several shield agents were still slain along the way, meaning Pierce should be in charge to the uh, should be charged to the full extent of the country's terrorism laws. So he's looking at life in prison at bare minimum and possibly capital punishment and add on additional life sentences for the other Hydra schemes that he had been involved in. Jeez, right? So multiple life sentences without parole and maybe even execution. Whoa. Because yeah, I mean, it's treason. Yeah, know. yeah. It's a, the whole treason thing against the government. I mean, that's what uh, you play treasonous games. You get treasonous prizes. Right. This one's a little tricky. Hmm. Ghost. Do you guys remember her? Yes. She was an Ant-Man. Was it and Ant-Man and the, the Wasp? Wasp? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, star. And, like, that was, that was a rough one, too, because, I mean... She wasn't really evil. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, a, you're not a bad guy just because you do bad things sometimes. Right. So it says she's one of the most relatable motivations. She just wanted to get her hands on the technology that would keep her alive. Right. And as Ghost, Star definitely swipes uh, some privately owned tech, including an entire miniaturized laboratory, <laughs> which basically amounts to corporate espionage. At most, that's going to get net her about 15 years in prison. She may have also done some light kidnapping, but that charge would only be raised if Hank Pym made an issue out of it. Light kidnapping. But sure, Ghost's actions may have been threatened, may have threatened the life of Janet Van Dyne, but good luck trying to convict someone who attempted murder via botched quantum realm extraction. There's even a chance Ava walks away clean from this. I would. That's what they're saying. 15 years max or maybe nothing. I would kind of hope so, or at least like a patrol sort of thing. I mean, it it, it kind of goes along the same lines as Scott Lang um, having to deal with the repercussions of the stuff that he was doing. He still had to spend some time with the ankle bracelet on. And fortunately, uh, that was able to help uh, uh, Jimmy Woo get a, a, a couple mm-hmm. of uh, nice sleight of hand tricks up his sleeve, as it were. <laughs> so, you know, I hope that she would be able to maybe have a house arrest and uh, not get the full 15 years. Uh, Justin Hammer, who I believe was the Iron Man 2 villain, one of the villains. Um, uh, yeah, who cares? 34 years if he's lucky. Yeah. Thanos. How, what do you think Thanos would get? Um. Well... Well, uh, what's what's a half of the half of the universe uh, <laughs> by, life, by life right, uh, don't, sentences? Don't think of people. Um, think of just how it would actually work out. Uh, He'd get the execution block. Yeah. Could he? I mean. Could he? Why? Because life in prison due to the impossibility of execution. Ooh, the impossibility. But I mean, in Endgame, the first, what, half hour, you do see him getting the axe by Thor. But here's the thing. You have to think of how the court system would do it. So it's going to be a difficult thing. A lethal injection isn't going to work, nor the electric chair or firing squad. He most certainly can't be successfully hung. So if if, it might, you know... 
if an attempt is made and he survives it, then what? Beheading by Stormbreaker! <laughs> it already worked! Yeah. And it'll be fine! I mean, sure. I mean, I mean, he's a cosmic being. Stick him in, uh, well, I mean, DC, the Phantom Zone. Yeah, sure, just stick him in a whole other property, use the multiverse, and uh, put him in the DC uh, 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 places. <laughs> well, check out this list. It's uh, on our Facebook page. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy. <laughs>